Welcome to Inside the Economy with SHNJ. Presented by Larry Howes of Sharky, Howes, and Jaber. Learn more about Sharky, Howes, and Jaber at shwj.com. Thank you for listening. Hi, I'm Larry Howes. Welcome to Economic Update. Uh, this is the new video version. I hope it is enjoyable. Quick look at the numbers here. There's nothing exciting in unemployment. It's still at 4.7. Nothing in initial claims. But all interest rates, especially all long rates, have come down even after the Fed raised rates last week. Uh, we got 25 basis points increase, which was highly anticipated, and the market was already anticipating it. Long-term rates have come down again in anticipation that there isn't that much more booming going on in this economy right now. The Fed is going to be most sensitive to interest rates and inflation. Their target is 2%, and uh, most of that is driven by this thing right here, spending. This is typical retail sales and gasoline sales have been growing just fine since the recovery in 2009. The uh, driver here is wage increases, which increases spending. There hasn't been that many wage increases, but spending is sort of okay. The uh, only place where you're going to find some inflation right now is this little thing right here. And this is concentrated on people over 65. It's healthcare. Everything else is down. The inflation push on people actually over about 55 is decreased. They don't spend much by age. So inflation forces are not strong, maybe even diminishing a little bit. That'll be part of the calculation the Fed does with, to decide whether they're going to increase again by the end of the year. We might see 1% by the end of the year, maybe a little bit more. The other thing, Congressional Republicans pulled the uh, AHCA, their version of Obamacare, or ACA. Uh, the issue with both these pieces of legislation, whether the AHCA becomes law or not, is Medicaid was chosen to be the vehicle to provide health insurance for relatively poor Americans and Americans that don't have health insurance. Medicaid is a state program. It was totally unaffordable. It was not financially sustainable when ACA was passed a couple years ago. Uh, the AHCA, the Republican version of this, is an effort to try and transfer some of those expenses either by block grants or back to the states. Either way, it is a who pays for the health insurance for the poor issue, and it is clearly not going away. By 2019, this is going to have a major impact on the federal deficit, which we'll get to here in a second. The numbers here, uh, Social Security payments, benefit payments, predominantly Medicaid, have been far outpacing the revenues paid into the system. That's been going on for some time, as this charge is sort of indicative. And that number is getting worse. When Medicaid was chosen to be the vehicle for people to get their health insurance, it simply exacerbated this. Now, over the course of time, this goes back to about 1945, 
federal and state spending has been focused on social benefits. Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, we know that. Medicare and Social Security are gonna be 80% of the federal budget in another five years. The Medicaid issue is trying to be dumped on the states. We'll see. Uh, I wanna equate you with a new term called tax expenditures. It's a very strange moniker used by the Congressional Budget Office that describes something where they don't get tax revenue. Tax expenditure. Uh, on the left here, you'll notice where the income comes from, individual income taxes and payroll taxes. That's the bulk of the ballgame. Everything else is an other. But the top of the list of tax expenditures, uh, we'll get to here in just a second, but how the government spends its money, Medicare, net offsetting benefits, and Social Security. There isn't much else. Defense is uh, dropping. Here are the two biggest pieces of tax expenditure that might be on the block in the next couple of years when they actually start talking about tax reform. Uh, the biggest one, health insurance, employer-sponsored health insurance, followed by income that's going into pension plans, 401ks and IRAs, uh, capital gains, corporate profits kind of drop off, and deductions for state and local taxes. That's kind of the big five. Uh, it has an impact. The deductibility of health insurance has come under question already. The deductibility of state and local taxes has come under debate whether it's deductible or not. Pensions, well, that's tougher. Here's where the revenue comes from. It is individual income taxes and payroll taxes. Corporate income taxes is going to be a big issue here in the next couple of months now that the health care reform is temporarily off the table. Uh, and I had a, a question about corporate income taxes. We'll get to that in a second. Here's where the deficit is. Uh, it is recovered a lot from the money that was poured into the system to make the recovery work in 2009. By the end of the year, the Federal Reserve is going to start rolling off technical term, rolling off some of the debt it accumulated when it bought all the toxic assets in 2009 and 2010. The deficit is scheduled to get a little less, get a little better, and it's going to depend upon who pays for health insurance for the poor, the infrastructure, and where health care reform goes. Here's the question. Uh, how many foreign-owned companies owned by Americans that are headquartered internationally. It's a big number. Uh, there's 9,500 in the UK alone. It's a big number. Now for uh, a US corporation owned in the US that has subsidiaries or their headquarters overseas, what they do is they defer their taxable income and keep that money overseas. It's going to be a big issue with corporate income tax reduction and to inspire some of this money coming home. You notice there's a lot of examples. Some of them have very good reasons for being there. Some of them is just simply to defer taxes. The other countries that, and we're going to be talking about tariffs next time, that are very, very dependent on U.S. exports. Here's the list. Mexico, Canada, 
Nicaragua was a huge one. A lot of clothes are made there, as in Vietnam. And it sort of drops down. This is percentage of GDP. The, uh, the initial trade wars that uh, Mr. Trump uh, was making noises about is not going to happen. Uh, World Trade Organization alone has already stepped in and said, here's the rules that we play by. I don't think that's going to change very much. Now, uh, Europe is improving. Here's GDP in the euro area. I broke it down to the main euro area, which is Germany and France. Peripherals, everybody else. Italy, Portugal, Spain, Austria, Poland, Hungary. They're all peripherals. They're also coming back. Uh, the outliers, Greece, still struggling. They have some huge debt payments coming here in summer. We'll see whether that happens or not. In Spain, still, if you're male under 25, you have a 50% chance of ever getting a job. That's not going to improve in the near future. The, uh, finally, uh, Europe is getting around to taking some of the stimulus out of their system, like the US did a couple of years ago. They're probably close. Here's where the interest rate, long-term rates are pretty much everywhere else, including the US, Germany, Canada, everybody. They have kind of normalized. There's not any inflation anywhere, any significant inflation anywhere in any of the G7 countries, uh, nor is there likely to be. Energy is not going to become a major inflationary force for the foreseeable future, and there's very little else that's going to drive these long-term rates significantly higher. So where that puts us, we'll see what legislation happens for corporate tax reform, let's call it that, this year. Individual tax reform, we'll see. And healthcare, that's the big budget issue. Well, uh, that's all for now. If you have any uh, questions or comments or anything, just go to the webpage, shwj.com, uh, the Contact Us button, and I'll get it. I'm happy to answer some questions. Well, thanks for now. <laughs>